Welcome back to Reformed Millennials, the podcast where finances, economic trends, and sports intersect. Cam and Joel help listeners better invest their time and money. Also, it's important for listeners to understand that investing in equities, fixed income instruments, and or alternative asset classes involves substantial risk of loss. Any action you may take as a result of the information presented in this podcast is your own responsibility. The information in this podcast is presented as a general educational, informational, and entertainment resource only. While Joel is registered to provide investment advice, this podcast does not provide individualized investment, tax, or insurance advice, nor is it meant as a recommendation to any listener to buy or sell any specific securities or otherwise take any other form of investment action. This is an excerpt of the full legal disclaimer that's available on the landing page of this podcast, which includes whether Cam Pitchers or Joel Shackleton have any ownership or interest in the specific securities discussed in this podcast. Hey, Cam. Oh, hey. Welcome back. Hey, yeah, you too. So, um... I made some money this past Sunday. Guy. Did you? <laughs> no guy. <laughs> I, I didn't I, I didn't get into the prop stuff though. Usually that's where everyone makes their money on Super Bowl weekend, I find, because How? They didn't even Reed didn't even get covered in Gatorade. Did you see that? Because I didn't. I didn't. I, I heard there was someone um talking on a podcast I was listening to about uh, so Reba McIntyre, I believe, was the one who sang the anthem. I didn't yeah, catch it up. It took her. like eight hundred minutes. Okay. So she like apparently like added like there was a little bit of i mean not not the production value and like wanting to have entertainment like you you know if it's aretha franklin like if she goes a little bit long on some words or you know adds in a hallelujah or whatever with something it's like that's all good that's just a part of the entertainment but like reba mcintyre i guess has done this like a bunch of times as like sung the national sure. anthem for big events and so like everyone's like looking up the history of her like average doing it uh-huh. and then also like how she sings it well so i guess it was set at something like eight nine and a half seconds originally does that sound is that fair i think I that's think. where it often gets put like a minute and a half right so but anyways it was it was right there and then apparently like i don't know what it was like maybe like two or no some point during the game day it got moved to 94 and a half and then the over, I feel like the over hit or the, it was a big controversy around it anyways. Cause it, it was like, it might've been actually, it might've been 89 and a half was the original set okay. and she hit 89 or something like that. No way. And just like, just imagining like Vegas, like, or whatever. Well, and all the laser eyes people thinking this is all. A scam. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like, I'm just thinking like the, whatever, obviously this is not how it works, but like bet mgm just going sure. like once that settles like click deposit and just watching millions and like hundreds of millions of dollars like pop in i don't know it's just so cool like i i find it so interesting like that side of sport now mm-hmm. just how there is a subsection of fans that are obviously love the sport but love the betting aspect of it so much more and so that was obviously with it with the super bowl being in vegas and everything else this weekend too. It was obviously like a f- trial run for them having the whole who's, event. Who's going to win the the betting industry? Because mm. for me, you're watching a number of these have impact in the public markets. You have DraftKings, etc. Yeah, I'm eternally interested in what actually wins here because I believe that ESPN is going to come in. Well, they have come in. I know, but yeah. their app is still in development, and yeah. their new deals they're making with Fox, etc. Yeah. 
it's a lot to like probably sift through in the net because like I mean with the news. How, how much do you feel the brand of Bet three sixty five, DraftKings, mm-hmm. the all of the other options that you have? There are a lot. There are a lot. Is there one to come and rule the day, or having it across multiple locations is fine? I think where ESPN needs to go with this is mm-hmm. buying Yahoo for the fantasy um, for the fantasy mm-hmm. integrating it into their app because that is what i think has legitimate staying power and would oh, well, own yeah. the customer because 100 percent. whether i mean we we're in multiple leagues together the mm-hmm. app that we use has changed and we use what is it called the keeper sleeper sleeper yeah whatever um that's an amazing an app yeah 100 yeah so i think that that is the way for customer acquisition a Mm -hmm. lot and we talked about this multiple times prior about the reasoning for barstool sports being a good acquisition for people trying to get into sports gambling because you're acquiring a group of people that are very obsessed with sports yeah they spend um, a good portion of their wallet on gambling they would be the perfect acquisition easier customer acquisition than advertising broadly to a group of people I think that buying these apps, that's probably the better route to take for an ESPN that's trying to gain traction. It's good customer acquisition, I think. Yeah. Well, because like, so they've, because they're the ones that are now partnered with Penn, who was like Mm -hmm. the. And Fox. And Fox. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I, I, I love the idea. And CBS. And and CBS. and, And, right. So I love your idea of. I guess I got a couple of things to say now after things I've read this weekend. But so on the fantasy front, I think that's a great comment about where do people spend their time <clears throat> in those apps, like hours a week, essentially. Some of the DGENs probably more, more than that. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, with our app, <clears throat> there's betting right inside our, of our app that I've never used. I'm sure you've never used. Mm-hmm. It's not probably it's just not something that's <clears throat> uh, well, widely available. It's pretty well. Either. It's pretty niche in there. Yeah. But then. Yeah, if, if you have something obviously synergized within yeah. the ESPN world, that would be amazing. Sleeper is way too complicated. It it is. It's like it's almost too much. Too yeah. many features. But I, what I'm saying is, it, it's a, it's view like you go on search ESPN fantasy app on X. It's all just trash. Everyone's like, I hate this app. This is brutal. I don't like using it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can create a great app where people are already spending their time doing something that is parallel to betting Mm -hmm. like what an amazing thing to slap together the second thing i'll say is that um with your barstool comment they've just recently signed a new partnership with DraftKings. so they had originally signed one in i think 2014 or 2015 they had a funny like they did a video of like they had their 2014 video and then they did a, a redo in 2024 um saying like the more things change the more they say the same essentially um because for those that remember, obviously, Barstool and Penn um, had that kind of falling out and Penn wanted to move away. The Barstool acquisition did not obviously go to plan exactly for them in terms of their role of sports books and everything like that. Portnoy bought the company back for a dollar, I guess, or at least that's how it's uh, presented in in the media. And so to your comment about you know that being a good acquisition for a a DraftKings or something like that. I think the acquisition part, they're probably still like 
I don't know if I want to be completely associated with like owning this and the volatility of what that company could represent in terms of like a media hub. Mm-hmm. But from the partnership on the on the uh, sports betting standpoint, hundred percent. Like, I mean, where is the twenty five to thirty four year olds or forty four year olds going for their betting information and sports highlights and sports talk and everything like that? Barstool is like one of the main drivers. So. Okay, here's my best bets of the weekend, sponsored by DraftKings. Take your, you know, every single advertisement that we can possibly watch right now is sign up with DraftKings and get a hundred dollars uh, in free money or whatever it is, right? But I think DraftKings is probably the DraftKings and FanDuel are the two that I see the most, mm-hmm. and like are like other pillars I would view. Um, I think everything else there will be just that consolidation factor over the next five to ten years i think but someone has to win and the reason why i say that you think is one one they'll allow one i think that there could be three and that's fine but 10 makes no sense and yeah. i'll tell you why betting markets need liquidity yeah the biggest yeah. problem i have that I, yeah. with many platforms is that i can't sell tickets when i'm i my favorite thing to do in sports gambling is to take long duration bets and sell them halfway through mm-hmm. it's kind of stupid but it allows for me to play the momentum roller coaster game and have multiple chances of winning your ability you have zero like your risk tolerance in everything else in life (laughs) is super high and then we're betting you're like i don't want to put too much out there i'll take my 50 bucks off the table thank you yeah so in in business i take a ton of (laughs) risk and then in in things I can control, but the yeah, yeah, fair enough. The yeah. thing with sports betting is I never I don't know many people that make a lot of money doing it, mm-hmm. and I, with the exception of Mark Waddell, and I think that <laughs> there's a high percentage of people that win the large majority of the of the the income there, and I think the future is high liquidity so that you can have um, more honest markets and mm-hmm. things that people can trust a little bit more. And then also, um, I think that comes with more opportunity to structure the, sure. the actual bets themselves, where you can have more optionality. Mm-hmm. And that would come with having larger, big winners in the space. So that's what I'm hoping comes. Yeah, I think the ESPN, obviously, you can see them wanting to really, I guess, become that go-to in the space. It's a trustable brand, too. Yeah, it's, something I about think for them, it's going to be... Kings out of the... <laughs> Cayman Islands, I just don't trust. Yeah, I I think it's just going to be interesting to see how they do it because it's like for them and what their brand represents and changing what that can mean. Like ESPN, the media, ESPN, the... If uh, Pat McAfee tells me to do it. You'll do it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, because like, I mean, he would have historically been a DraftKings Mm -hmm. promoter. and all. So, yeah, I I agree that it's going to end up being... I guess I wanted to make sure you weren't going to say it was like just one or even two, I feel like. Just because I feel like well, that at that good. point, regulation no will come in yeah. and someone will be like, well, these guys are obviously raking it in on the on the common man yeah. and not allowing for a fair market. So mm-hmm. there's going to be some balance there. But yeah, super. I mean, Super Bowl was kind of forgettable, I feel like. Obviously, one of the biggest events, like the game I, itself. I thought it was great. I know the, the first fourth quarter. The fourth quarter was right, which is what you want. At the end of the day, I mean, yeah. the script played out. <laughs> you think the that conspiracy was theorists <laughs> doesn't matter um does it i don't know i mean obviously i don't believe in any of that kind of stuff but right. but the the narrative was fed by the fact that you had uh essentially 
the team that everyone would view as the, the NFL wanting to win. So do you know this? I don't know if you do. Has I'm going to ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Two questions. Yeah. One, boots with the fur, is that boots with fur on them? Or is it her wearing boots and fur on top in her jacket? Yeah, uh, second. The fur on top of jacket. Two, Why how many matter? minutes was Taylor Swift on TV during the Super Bowl? If you ask minutes. the Republican. Oh, 75. <laughs> right. In reality, she wasn't even on the TV for a single minute. I think but it was something two second shots every right. three minutes. And it yeah. was fifty. I think seconds. there was an over under on that how many how many shots there'd be. It was like really? twenty six and a half or something like that. <laughs> okay, well yeah. she definitely hit twenty six. Yeah. But was, I didn't think that it was overly emphasized during the game at all. It wasn't. I don't. I get what. I think it was like they've figured out the mix sure. <laughs> over the last. They didn't show twelve weeks. LeBron James enough. That was a problem. They didn't show Elon Musk enough. They they showed no Beyonce and 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 Jay Z and then and like obviously Jack Dorsey. You see that? Yeah, but they didn't highlight his name. <laughs> I know that's so good. <laughs> well, he's not that famous though. I know, but he's outrageous. He is. He rich. should be. But anyways, I thought the obviously Vegas is going to be in the rotation now for Super Bowls. One hundred percent was the most the one we should have. We kind of buried the lead here. Most most watched event ever on TV, telecasted event Crazy. ever. So the fact that obviously, I mean, the Swift bump, you have to believe, like, I mean, it probably had. I, I didn't think it was that real at first, but then like, obviously you see all the the posts about, you know, little girls wearing the go Travis or go Taylor's boyfriend or whatever mm-hmm. shirts and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's amazing. Like you can hate on it all, as much as you want, but like the fact that the NFL had that many more eyes on a sport, like even if you get like, 10% of those people as regular watchers on a go forward. Awesome. What an amazing acquisition. They're going to get way more than 10%. I know, but I I just been so cool. So anyways, it was the game itself, I feel like was not like in 10 years from now, we're not going to be like, oh, do you remember this from that game? Like not as many of those I plays. I can feel the country but. coming together from Canada just because of Travis and Taylor. <laughs> All of North America is bad together. Yeah. So um, I, made, I you know what? I quite enjoyed it. Um, the experience was great. The hold on, what was the boots with the fur question for? Just an off. Reba McIntyre and yeah. everyone, I think, going into the into the Super Bowl yeah. felt like boots with the fur was Uggs, basically, and or a version of boots with fur on them. But it became obvious <laughs> with her her this outfit. A, this was a trending. Yeah, thing. it was. Oh, okay. It was okay. trending on Twitter, <laughs> and um, I had so many people bring it up in conversation. Okay. And, and, or it was long threads about them being, I was this many days old when I figured out that Reba McIntyre's boots and fur. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I'm on team option two there where it's a fur jacket. It's clear. Yeah. 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 I think more men knew that than women actually. Well, flow rider. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, moving on, Mm -hmm. I want to do a quick market update. Mm -hmm. The last week had a spike in volatility and that's really the story. Mm Mm-hmm. We had a huge down day on Wednesday, but the market has kind of just chopped sideways. You saw the the VIX go from 12 to up to 19, which is the highest we've seen in what feels like two quarters. Right. And we are now seeing a divergence in commentary from there's a lot of bears out there and a lot of bulls. And the bull case seems validated based on just momentum. However, the underlying market fund- fundamentals are kind of deteriorating a little bit and your leadership that has worked for 10 years is starting to diverge from the index and that 
first is being is showing up in Apple. Yeah. Apple itself has or is experiencing its worst I would I mean since 2000 and gosh, 21 as a as a contribution to the S&P 500 and the and the Nasdaq, it is <clears throat> at multi-year lows. It is doing very poorly versus the rest of the market. It's being the rest of the market is being carried by Nvidia and Microsoft and and, and Facebook, mm-hmm. and Apple is really starting to fall apart. And that caution that I threw out there probably a year ago about the fact that they're not growing anymore mm-hmm. is an issue for them. They're expanding margins a little bit, but they're starting to struggle with where their next growth um, catalyst is going to come from. And you're seeing it in the its stock price versus the rest of the market. Um, additionally, you have what is a slowing down of, of, of economies across the globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, I believe we saw uh, the EU mentioned that they're expecting growth to severely um, reduce. However, that is coming in a at a time in which inflation is also getting cut in half. So that is is a good thing. Yeah. And now what does that mean for for prices? Well, e- the EU uh, on a multiple uh, from a multiple perspective is cheap relative to can to the United States. But that said, it's not growing again. It has it's having issues. The the stuff that's working in Europe is basically luxury product and um, weight loss drugs. Otherwise, not much else going on there. Um, there's a few semiconductor companies, but they they're struggling to find the catalyst to grow. Emerging markets also having a big a big problem. More specifically, China. China is what's become very popular. Interesting, a lot of flows. You have people leaving China altogether, mm-hmm. and China is usually a huge part of EM or emerging markets. Mm-hmm. They're now buying emerging markets ex China, which mm-hmm. obviously the new leadership is India, and it's right. all the rage. There's many many people that are saying. China no longer has any reason to be our top pick for emerging market al- allocation. India is where it's going to be, and that's where the next 10 years is, and I kind of agree with them. However, in China, until they find a really great way of wiping their real estate debt off mm-hmm. of their bank balance sheets, yeah. and when they do, that'll be the time to re-enter there. That's the, the, the catalyst, I think. I, I read a really, uh, a really great tweet from Cynicism, which I think it's Bill. I can't remember his last name off the top of my head at the moment. But anyways, he mentions that all the stimulus that has ever worked, whether it be in the United States in 2007, 2008, or in m- multiple other crises, mm-hmm. I think in, in China, you're seeing what happened in 2008. Yeah, what, like America. what's the underlying issue on it's this their, housing? It's their real estate issue, which mm-hmm. is effectively that Evergrande is their large um, developer, and it's gone bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And they're needing to, and this has kind of splintered off into all of their, their regional banks who are now undercapitalized and not lending, which then slows down the economy, which then has its own feedback loop, right? Mm-hmm. And they need to come in and reshore up all of those bad loans. And without doing that, they're doing it in, in different ways. They're firing their their their, regu- their securities regulator. They're they're saying you can't short stocks. They're telling you that they're maybe they'll lower interest rates a little bit, but they are not solving the underlying issue, which mm-hmm. is what. Um, Bernanke and crew did in 2007, 2008. They identified, Paulson and Bernanke and, and crew identified the problem. They they went and capitalized all of their, their major banks and then they dropped interest rates. 
that is what they need to do in China. Until they do that, um, as multiple people are now starting to point out, it's, there's no good reason to be there yep. outside of a few of their individual stocks. So that is a, I don't know, my, my market update for today. I think mm-hmm. we're going to continue to see increased volatility across the board, and that will present opportunity. But it will also, it starts to fracture and see winners and losers in, in, in the market. So I don't believe the U.S. is necessarily going into recession here. I, I'm of the opinion that the next three months, maybe six to 12 weeks, we're going to have an increase in volatility, which will then probably make people a little bit weary and a little bit scared. I think it, it probably comes in, 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 in line with a, I think, Joe Biden's not going to be is going to be pulling out of the election. <laughs> uh, and it's mostly just it seems like they're building up for a change. In I'm leadership. I'm just at the stage now where it's like, just let me know once you guys have made a decision. I can't deal with this daily news cycle on these two guys. <clears throat> like, holy moly. Just fast forward. It's only going to get decision. worse. Oh, we I know. Even, I know. Even done, S- summer. Done. Summer is going to be banana land. <laughs> But absolute banana. Well, thank goodness, because we'll have no sports to watch. That's so, right. That will be the entertainment. At least that'll be there. Which is the horrifying thing. So um, on, on the, not to diverge too quick, but you, you'd mentioned, uh, obviously, we have mentioned Facebook a ton over the meta, I guess. And it's, I know I'm a small fanboy. It's Uber rise uh, over the last, call it, you know, year and a half, really. Like it's, we had that. It's a ri- arisen from the ashes. Yeah. It's and, 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 the recent obviously you, you had highlighted a post from zuck i was talking to you about uh another apple pro uh or apple vision pro review that i watched from another uh meta developer mm-hmm. in the space and talking about the meta version versus obviously apple and obviously zuck's riding high right now mm-hmm. so he he came off i guess how you would describe it as uh cocky might not be is cocky the right word? I don't know, a little arrogant you know, around, around. You know what? I, I think this is what's great about um, founding CEOs, mm-hmm. like founders. Tim Cook is not the founder of Apple. Correct. The yeah. Satya Nadella is not the founder of Microsoft. Uh, Sundar Pichai is not the founder of Google. You have replacement CEOs. Mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg is still f- under 40 years old mm-hmm. and running facebook still got, that, still got that dog in him he does yeah. and he does not care this per, he he operates as though you he can't be fired and he's he operates as though he's going to be there another 25 years which means he's going to build an army around himself mm-hmm. and it feels and i uh, this was a, a prescient tweet i think that i saw and one of the people that i follow in on on twitter he he is an ex-facebook uh, product manager and he was a very early employee there and he's ultra wealthy because of that and he talks about the difference between a a founding ceo and and someone who's an operator and why it's important for both to exist but in this case he, he refers to zuckerberg being or un he's unwilling to lose the next platform war mm. with apple and many people commented underneath his tweet saying, well, he lost the, the iPhone war. Well, when the iPhone came out, Zuckerberg was 22. <laughs> so he didn't lose a war to Apple. He yep. wasn't even involved in it. He built an app for their, for their platform. Yep. So this next war, I feel as though he felt the pinch in 
2021, 2022, when Apple decided to point out Facebook's advertising strategy mm -hmm. and the way in which they could pinpoint users, and they took a direct aim at them, trying to destroy them. They viewed every dollar drop in their share price as a win for them. Right. And now that they've proven that this just emboldens the Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp moat, it makes them more powerful. Their ad platform much more valuable to people. That they were like, oh, whoopsies, and they can't do anything else now. Mm -hmm. So they are now at this battle for the next platform. And I'm of the opinion that I don't even know if this works yet. I don't even think that there's too many wide market use, use cases for this. I believe that the, the way in which the Quest is approaching this is probably the right way. And I'm, maybe I'm wrong here, but every review that I read about the Vision Pro was mm -hmm. that it was a phenomenal thing to use on an airplane. Mm -hmm. It made you more efficient. It made your, your ability to work more enjoyable. It, you could, instead of sitting on your laptop in economy and everyone around you reading and watching what you're doing, mm -hmm. you're sitting in your own virtual world. Mm -hmm. And who's got five grand for something that you use once every six months? I think the other <clears throat> use case that I've understood to this point too would be obviously this ability to connect with your laptop at home. So like working from home mm -hmm. or working at your office, I guess, at that from that standpoint and being able to essentially not have to have screens. You just have sure. your Vision Pro on. So you could have this over, like you turn your body this over here. But there's a thing in multitasking on computers that is failing on the Vision Pro, which is um, <clears throat> precision point. And this right. is where yeah, you yeah, start yeah. to have yeah. major issues with the Vision Pro. You, it is great for broad strokes, mm -hmm. but on screens, your space is actually significantly elongated by having borders on screens. So you can mm -hmm. technically go up to tops of screens, bottoms of screens, rights to screens to actually increase the size of buttons right. without them actually being there. Mm -hmm. And when you lose borders on the Vision Pro, you no longer have that ability. Mm -hmm. You have to be much more accurate right. with picking buttons. And it's got to be all with and your eyes. And that's a huge issue mm -hmm. with multitasking and computing. Mm -hmm. And that's where it fails and it becomes very difficult to use as a working device. Mm -hmm. So now back to its use cases. It's one user. You can only have one user on it. You cannot have five for your home. Mm -hmm. That's a huge issue because who has $25,000 for one of these flipping things? I certainly do not. And what's the market for people who fly for business? Mm -hmm. Not huge. Mm -hmm. All the rich people in Silicon Valley, yeah. Mm -hmm. And people who work for Apple, sure. Mm -hmm. But it certainly isn't the day-to-day -day human being that has an iPhone. It yeah. certainly isn't a group chat of, of guys who perhaps work in the city of Edmonton or city of Calgary. How many people travel every day? Not a lot. Yeah, and how many people have the disposable income to use it as an entertainment piece? Uh, it just seems yeah. as though it, it's a it's a platform searching for a user, and it doesn't quite have that yet. Now, to be fair, before you get into the Quest side of things, mm -hmm. to be fair, not as, not as an I'm not an Apple fanboy, but this you is are. this is first gen. Yep. The this is so if we go back to iphone one i mean oh my god obviously what I'm, what I'm saying is like what it could what it could be i, I think we've talked about mark uh, maybe we talked about marquis brownlee's review last week too but he obviously tends to, i maybe i haven't watched him long enough to know if he's like super biased one way or the other with certain uh brands or not i don't feel like he is based on how he reviews things but like he was pretty honest in his 
in his detailed reviews of the Vision Pro and just said, like, here's all the things where it's just these are cool things. Mm -hmm. They're cool. Is it like would I recommend anyone buying it? Probably not. If if you're in like, you know, this like in the um, in the 99th percentile kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're in if you're above. Okay, great. It's a nice little piece for you to have at home and to play around with. But it's not the use cases for day to day is not there. However, I could see with their resolution, with all these other things that um, are a step above anything else in the market, if they're able to shore up these these drawbacks, which I mean, bang against Apple's not a great track record in the past. Is that fair to say? Totally. So, what does <clears> this look? What does this look like in 20, 2026 or twenty twenty eight when they when they roll out second gen and third gen, and are they going to be able to have that scale down to have it? You know, not just a five thousand dollar. Why would Apple ever start to create a value product? It's not in line with Apple. What, no, but what I'm saying is like the differential in value. So to to give people the reason like, oh, I do need to spend $5,000 on sure. this. Sure, you need the use case, right? Yeah. So it's like, what what are they gonna do in second gen, third gen to, to do that? I feel like at this point there was so much, well, obviously com competition in the market where, and enough talk about this being a product that people might be interested in using, that they had to get something out. Mm -hmm. They had to get, they couldn't delay yeah, it. Yeah, they're, ex they're ex exploring here yeah and it doesn't i don't think either of them has a really great use case at the moment the video game portion is not something that hits my my radar yeah. radar yeah. and nor do i care much about it it I is massive believe. though to be fair like i mean that side of the market is so much bigger than i think we give it credit for well, it's bigger than music and movies combined yeah. and the, the video game industry is on a tear it continues to grow at a very quick fast pace i believe there is a ton of opportunity here to influence a generation as it grows up so if you have yeah. people video playing video games inside of a quest or a apple vision pro is this a sony versus microsoft story i i don't know mm -hmm. and that's where i'm mostly just in the wait and see watch phase i'm more concerned about how much money facebook and meta is spending on this than i am about its actual validity mm -hmm. and you know what i i am most happy to see is that mark zuckerberg has really honed in his marketing ability and likability. Mm -hmm. His first step to being well. likable again was telling or Elon, yeah, asking Elon to fight. And <laughs> I, Elon pulled out of it, not him. So you have a guy who is worth $165 billion mm -hmm. and is sitting in his living room reviewing a major competitor's um, product, mm -hmm. putting his up against it and talking about the value differences. Mm -hmm. Does it make it seem as though he's insecure about the fact that theirs is better? Yeah. Because Apple would never do something like this? Yeah. Or is this Kanye West doing a selfie video and <laughs> talking about how cool his stuff is? Yeah. Because in my opinion, it's a little bit of both for sure. Yeah. I'm in the, I'm a Zuckerberg stand camp, but I also, Ask you two all, weeks from now. I'm you sitting might here on an you. iPad and I have an iPhone, right? So, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm I'm happy that they're competing with each other because what it's going to do is give us something great. It's good for the consumer. And, uh, yep. It's great for the consumer. Mark Zuckerberg is kind of a G in my opinion, and um, <laughs> I think your your comment about the like the founder versus replacement CEO is such a great point because their approach to things it's no different than Elon too, right? I mean, different scale, but. 
different approach. Yeah. <laughs> but same thing, right? Like, I mean, when you have someone who is still so heavily invested in what they've built and wanting to control the narrative from that perspective, Imagine- they can have whatever you want from an executive branch underneath. Like the board comes in and says, you can't have this title anymore. You're moved over here. Obviously, there's, you know, you can't oust them as founder. So whatever they say is always in a whole way until they decide to then scale back their their public image. And both these guys are are not. And mm-hmm. they're going to continue to be movers from that standpoint. It's so it's, it, it is a very interesting watch. power to he have. Is, he's got balls. And he also has an unsatiable desire to continue to build things. Mm-hmm. And he's not even 40 yet. And he has more money than God. It's wild to see. He's, Sight. what is he doing? He's sitting in his living room with a headset on. If yeah. you were to give $165 billion to <laughs> anyone, do you think they're going to do this? No, but I mean, they're that's, retiring for sure. That's, I mean, there's the psychopathy of all of this. Yeah, that for sure. He's leads. He's to- <laughs> like the, in many ways, I, I don't want to call him the Tom Brady of CEOs, but he almost certainly is a um, one of those people that doesn't need to keep, continue to build on their legacy, but is. Hmm. And you got to give him props for that. It's an amazing story. Uh huh. So OpenAI came out with what is oh it? god, Soro? yeah, Soro, Sora, 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 yeah. Kind of a great name. I like it. Yeah. What Catchy. are your What are your opening thoughts here? I mean, Marcus I'm, Brown Lee tweet yesterday was. Every single one of these videos in AI is AI generated. And if this doesn't concern you at least a little bit, <laughs> nothing will. And then he, he goes on to show four videos of mm-hmm. uh, a number of things, basically a lighthouse yep. on the ocean. And it's a 20 second clip. You have a person reading a book in the clouds and then you have yep. an astronaut. And, yeah. So and a, I'm an just going to high detailed peacock. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to sh- open up the tweets here for the examples. So this one was not one that you just gave. So I'm just going to verbatim this um, prompt and then describe what it is. Obviously, that's happened. Mm-hmm. Prompt. Animated scene features a close-up of a short, fluffy monster kneeling beside a melted red, melting red candle. The art style is 3D and realistic with a focus on lighting and texture. The mood of the painting is one of... Uh, wonder and curiosity as the monster gazes at the flame with wide eyes and open mouth. Its pose and expression convey a sense of innocence and playfulness, as if it's exploring the world around it for the first time. The use of warm colors and dramatic lighting further enhances the cozy atmosphere of the image. So that's what the prompt is. And obviously, we can't, I can only describe what I'm looking at, but um, take my word for it. It's perfect. Uh, go on X and go on OpenAI, and you can see this has kind of been Watch there. it on your phone and let it fully load. Yeah. And you have Retina Tech in your phone. It is unbelievable. It is clear. Yeah. Amazing to watch. So now my understanding is that they are currently limited to, which I mean, whatever, at this point, it's like 30 to 45 seconds or something like that of... Uh, visual and so this is all video. Just so I, re- I mean, you we've said prompting image uses the word images and stuff. This is a video mm-hmm. for thirty seconds. You would obviously never know what is real versus not. So, like, I mean, another example that I, I can't possibly tell. There's no way. The one example that someone um, gave yesterday was, or one of the videos, and they commented on it was like, you know, those like hype, not hype videos, but like 
the Dallas Cowboys had one where it was like their new stadium and it's like that drone shot yeah. and it's like going through everything and mm-hmm. wrapping around like live. So they had one of those like going through Tokyo and it was like follow these people, have leaves falling off and snow over here in the mountains or whatever it is. And it's like, again, you'd have no clue. So the fact that all of these like, I guess, companies that are looking to have spend on marketing, call it that way. It's like, well, couldn't we just, we can just create something ourselves Mm -hmm. out of this prompt using this through OpenAI. Now, you still need to have creative. 100%. I read that prompt. I don't know if I would be able to wordsmith that perfectly. I'm not sure if you would either. Mm-mm. So that takes some creative brain to understand yes. what it is that you're go- getting after. So again, it's this it's this cosmic shift. In... You only need Don Draper. You don't need the people drawing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to the same point, though, there's always, I mean, there's going to be something where people appreciate the human touch to things but that human touch is what that human touch represents is completely changing daily essentially as a result of all of this i mean this imaging um language models all of this what a human touch represents is completely changing and the number the number of touches that are required is obviously scaling down dramatically Mm -hmm. so I mean, yeah, I agree with Marquez like in saying like if this doesn't scare you, I'm not sure what will. Like it is like that astronaut one too is just unbelievable. Like essentially it's just it's essentially like you're watching a movie trailer. Yeah. So again, like what's this gonna mean once they can do this for more than thirty seconds? Well, how fast can they produce it too? When are they gonna be able to add um audio to all of this too? You know what's most compelling? I think I think a lot of people are thinking of how is this going to impact um, TV and video? I'm Mm -hmm. most interested in seeing how this is integrated into video advertising. Yes, that's where I see it too. The place in which video advertising is inefficient is, no, sorry, the place in which advertising is inefficient is video. It's still for mass market. So if I can kind of and follow me follow along here mm-hmm. we have a recently had a innovation around social media where it has allowed for new types of products to emerge in the past you had to have large companies like unilever or um, businesses like campbell soup and stuff like that that it would have to build mass market um products to sell to the mass market because you had to advertise to mass markets you yep. couldn't pinpoint and personalize and advertise to individuals. For instance, if you were to think about the most valuable ad space in the world, what is it? It's a Super Bowl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But for the longest time, it was a Super Bowl. Yeah. But that is a, the people who, who um, that advertise at the Super Bowl are people that can sell a mass product to a mass amount of people. A movie, beer. Exactly. Yeah. Someone who's selling a, customized bed wouldn't advertise there but a customized bed couldn't exist in the past because you didn't have the ability to individualize and personalize your advertising and facebook and google made that possible Mm -hmm. because they learned so much about their users and were able to build a advertising platform and give ad space to those that were willing to niche down products and start to find markets for them Mm -hmm. and have a customer acquisition cost that was so easily defined and then 
you could then pay it to then advertise to a more unique customer base. And that changed the world. We ended up yeah. getting all of these niche products. You got drop shipping, you got Alibaba that sparked from it, you got Amazon that sparked up from it, and you have infinite self shelf space for infinite products for people that never would have been accessible before. Mm-hmm. You never were going to get these things. And now today, we have what I think is a challenge of compute and a challenge of um, being able to get the proper type of ad in front of people. Right now, YouTube struggles with advertising. They do a great job. They mm-hmm. get a bunch of videos in front of you. Yeah. But you see the same one over and over and over again, and it isn't particularly um, accurate with with what you want to see. But when you go on Instagram or <laughs> minor, on- Minor DraftKings, and it's because it's all I do is sports betting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for those that um, perhaps see the, the Tom Brady ad all the time, or they see whatever, mm-hmm. it is constant, and I'm not clicking on it, and I'm just skipping it every time. And all the only people that can justify advertising on YouTube are Nissan or DraftKings or these massive, massive, mass market products. Mm-hmm. What I think this ends up giving, once the production and the actual cost of doing these videos and speed in which you can create them comes mm-hmm. down far enough, which I don't think we're there yet. The compute and the the challenges and the, the actual capital outlay for building out OpenAI's LLM, but then also just the the demand on on Azure, which is their their cloud provider, is astronomical. Mm-hmm. So if you consider all of those things, this should hypothetically drive down costs of creating personalized video advertising for people mm-hmm. to the point in which you will now have video that is fed to you directly at a reasonable cost and have creative done at a reasonable cost so that all of your advertising is now perfect for you. Yeah. And that's where I see this going, which is really, really screwed up. Mm-hmm. But that's what's going to happen. You're going to be inside of your Quest 3. You're not yeah. even going to realize you're watching an ad, yeah. and it's going to scare you a little bit. Yeah. It's going to be on the wall inside of your Call of Duty game, mm-hmm. and it's going to be personalized for you. <laughs> You'll be running past with your AK and there'll be a Pepsi. Yeah. (laughs) And and then you're going to be like, really, is capitalism good? I don't know what's going on here. So it's um, a it's I mean, creatively and for someone, I think you're similar to me in this sense and in the way we think about things. It's like I'm always just amazed about what obviously like this is compute power. This is using a tool to create something. But we as a race human race have done this like we have gotten to this point and mm-hmm. i'm just like this is crazy I know. and it Life- is so, like that is cool to me like that yeah i mean no different than we're gonna get to our favorite canadians mm-hmm. alexander graham bell invented the telephone you think he saw this coming yeah like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's just all these things i mean it this sounds very cliche or whatever but i just mean the advancement that we're seeing in this area is just the directional arrow of progress is towards these vision pro and and quests because it's becoming so real to be inside of them yeah and that is almost it is concerning to me and that does scare me and it makes me feel as though real life is going to become less valuable to a certain cohort of people and it's going to separate yeah classes that's fair i i I tend to be more glass half full and figure and just think that we'll figure it out because we always have it it might improve people's standard of living where you have people that perhaps aren't going to be able to experience Niagara Falls, but now they can. Um, not that anyone should ever go to Great Niagara. pick on like anything in the world that you could say you're going to experience. And right. The Grand Canyon, <laughs> um, Vancouver, yeah. um, without... Flying. Uh, yeah. 
whatever, right? Yeah. That doesn't seem to be something everyone might get, but this might be it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe that feels yeah. 20 years out, mm-hmm. but you know, go watch we, all these vids. We though, overestimate what we can <laughs> do in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in 10. Yeah. So on the way out today, Cam, yeah. you brought this up. I sent yeah. a video of, yeah, it was from, I just to be, I think the video was from like maybe a couple years ago or something like mm-hmm. that, but yeah, essentially Justin Bieber describing what he wanted a symphony to do. Like he's hearing sounds in his head, but just describing it with words. Yeah. He, he seems to be, it's, it's, it's kind of the creative process of a, a musical yeah like i mean genius. yeah it's in not like beebs is unique in that sense where it's no, I think like all those people are yeah like yeah, the, the greatest creatives have always been able to like you hear always your stories of you know i think drummers are great examples of like yeah, rock drummers even watching like the the behind the scenes show with kanye west yeah when you saw him ma- ma- making beats it was really fun to watch mm-hmm. and this is justin bieber effectively doing that with a symphony yeah and or small and to, it's amazing to watch because obviously it must be a couple because everyone's wearing masks i think in that like yeah. the whole symphony so but um the the it's probably just california <laughs> the the musical artists as well in that though like amazing to watch them be able to like kind of like they're literally just looking oh at my him, god they're listening so to him, they're like okay this that and like changing and watching their, his hand i know yeah and they're, and they're doing it it's really 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 cool to watch talented musicians yeah he's a savant man 100 and this led you to say that he is mount rushmore of canada <laughs> yeah legit. and that is aggressive <laughs> you had him in your top four. Oh, so here we're gonna let's litigate this a bit okay mount rushmore of canada that's four heads on a mountain right it is yeah so you got four opportunities most let's say most like we're, this is a mix. This is everything together. Like influential, top obviously. four of all time. You don't get on there unless you are the goat. <laughs> so, Alexander Graham Bell, number one. Okay, I'm. I'm fair. I think a huge, huge influence. Yep. And now I start to now reconsider this because I've I've now thought about it a little bit more. Yeah. Do you put your founding prime minister up there, McDonald? I mean. You could. Was he good? I don't even know. But don't know probably, if he was good or not. Right? Mm, what do you, when you think about I mean, Canada, the, what do if you think you, about? If you Google this, like, top 20 Canadians of all time, it's just like, I guess there's ones on here that it's all entertainment-based for the most part. So here's like, what I would put up there. Tommy Douglas goes up there. Okay. So describe Tommy so Douglas. Tommy Douglas was, he brought socialized medicine to Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Scotland in 1904, immigrated to Winnipeg when he was a 15-year-old kid, mm-hmm. and moved to Saskatchewan and went into politics, where he was known as a skillful debater, according to Canadian Encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. As a premier of Saskatchewan, Douglas brought government-funded health care to the province, prompting the federal government to follow suit. Mm-hmm. That, to me, goes up there. Because when I think of Canada, I think socialized health care. Yep. I think about how we treat human beings, mm-hmm. how the the world perceives us versus mm-hmm. our brethren south of the border. I believe that to be really, really important. Mm-hmm. So I would throw that up there. Now, I struggle to not talk about all the other really impactful people, motivational, yeah. et cetera, that have done great, cool, interesting things. Mm-hmm. But I'm not putting... The Beebs? No, I don't. I'm not, I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, but sorry. I'm not putting... Um, Wainer? Wainer in there. No chance in hell. 
Okay, that's fair. I mean, I you guess that's at the end of the day. Like, I mean, time- Terry Fox goes up there well before uh, Wayne Gretzky, and Terry Fox doesn't make mine. Okay, so yeah, like obviously we're taking like a, this is like a PMT bit here. They do a Rushmore every week of do something. They? Yeah, but I I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. It's really good. Um, it's the most ridiculous things as you can imagine. But <laughs> they're so funny those two. So, but obviously you can just go into a bunch of different directions here. Like I'm just reading an older article of like kind of a discussion around this. Like so like. Viola Desmond, so she's on our currency, she's on, mm-hmm. as in the five dollar bill or ten dollar right. bill. So yeah, so uh, pioneer of black rights in Nova Scotia. Um, Gord Downey, from an entertainment standpoint, he's kind of viewed as like one of the tragically hip. Do not make my Mount Rushmore. I know, but, but I'm saying for some people, like mm-hmm. I mean, he would be. I think Drake's third album outsold that. <laughs> I, I, that's not necessarily the only measurement stick. Nellie McClung, um, women's voting rights in Canada, kind of a leader of that. Just saying. Again, Lester B. Pearson's on here. I was right before we started recording talking about insulin. So Sir Frederick Banting. Mm, so he, he's got to go up there. 1891. Uh, or sorry, he was born in 1891. And um, made no money off of it. He gave it away for free. That's right. So. Um, yeah, he, he's in there. That's a big one. That probably outpaces uh, Justin Bieber's baby. Like, <laughs> I think that, that's more important. Yeah. Is it interesting? It is. I always think about from the entertainment standpoint, it is so cool to me that, okay, you got Bieber, you got Drake. The weekend's kind of fallen off, but I mean, still. He's an actor. Huge. Yeah, yeah he is. A, um, huge artist. Like the fact that we've produced. Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Celine Dion. Alanis Morissette. Ryan Gosling. And Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Married to Blake the. Lively. Blake Lively basically stole the show a little bit. With Taylor, I mean, we know why. I know a lot of people were saying, who's the lady on the right? <laughs> people were saying that? Oh, saying that is funny. But is, did you see as a aside to that, did you see Reynolds? Like, because like the Deadpool. Where's my wife? <laughs> yeah. The Deadpool Wolverine <laughs> stuff was all promoing. And he's just, he actually played up that really well. He got so many views from all that stuff because of. Genius. Yeah. He, he's a he, great marketer. Yeah, he's showing his, he's showing his, uh, like the advertising for his, his new show. And then at the bottom of his Instagram post he's he said if anybody knows her my wife <laughs> so good. he's a really good marketer but anyways yeah top like canadians i mean it's uh that's a list that could be debated forever but drake it is is on the mount washmore okay i hey he'd be on mine and I, I and that's obviously super biased and everyone's would be subjectively um but it's uh it's just cool to see that or the fact that we have these types of influential canadians that would you put justin trudeau on there or pierre <laughs> Okay, we may not actually do that. I don't think any any prime ministers really should be on there, especially in our generation. Would ever get up there? No, no. Yeah, I agree with you. Let's end on that. Hundred percent. We'll talk to you next week, buddy.